Welcome to the Lady Boss Podcast. I'm Laura Karun. And I'm Danielle Moe, and we're the founders of Lady Boss Midwest. We created Lady Boss Midwest to connect and empower women in our community and beyond. In this podcast, we'll be talking to lady bosses, empowered women, confident in their abilities and instinct, boldly leading with heart and integrity. Hey, lady bosses. One of my favorite things is talking with entrepreneurs, hearing their path, what they've learned along the way, and what they're most excited about for the future. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Brianna Osowski, founder of Tailory, about how her team is creating a new way to get customized recommendations on brands and products, her journey as an entrepreneur, and why championing entrepreneurial women is so important. By owning and operating retail stores, Brianne developed a passion for storytelling, consumer psychology, organic discovery, humanized data, meaningful connections, conscious consumerism, and experiential retail. Brianne founded Tailory that ties all of these passions together. Tailory is a new mobile app to help you find brands and product recommendations all completely tailored to you. It's a place to share, discover, and enjoy quality recommendations without ads, affiliate links, or hidden agendas. Hey, Brianne, welcome to the Lady Boss Podcast. Hey, Laura, thanks for having me. I am super excited to have you on today. Uh, I want to just dive into our conversation because I know we have a lot to talk about. Uh, so, Brianne, you've been a model and you've owned retail shops and now tailory. What first drew you into the fashion industry? Ooh, fashion. I always was fascinated with clothing from a young age. I think it stemmed from my grandmother. She always looked amazing and sophisticated and she played dress up with her clothing, which I loved. And it came from that very young, like those very early experiences. And from there, I kind of fell in love with the idea that fashion was an outward creative expression of who you were and you could really use it to tell people about your personality without having to say anything. And so I fell in love with fashion that way. Do you have like a go-to signature item or something that you love to wear? Well, that depends. (laughs) So now when I'm in my office, I typically am in all black, but if I am going out or traveling or something like that, I accessorize. I think the key to any great outfit is your accessories. So always a crazy pair of shoes or, um, you know, some statement jewelry. But I think if I had to have one go-to piece, I recently just got one for Christmas and it's this fabulous Sherpa jacket, but on the outside, it is like all patchwork and it's just bright colors and it just makes me really happy. Oh, that sounds fabulous. I want to see it sometime. Yes, you'll have to. I think you'll love it. So uh, I want to talk, just getting started about Curious. Mm-hmm. So what led you to opening a boutique in Grand Forks? Tell us a little bit about it and kind of how you got started. Yeah, sure. So after I relocated from New York back to Grand Forks, the Midwest, I 
really did not know what I was going to do. And so I started working at the university. I got my MBA and it just wasn't for me totally. And I wanted to find a creative outlet really is, is where the whole concept and idea for starting a boutique started, where it started for me. And, um, so I, I just dove right in. I, I guess there wasn't really a grand inspiration behind it. It was more so of a way for me to create an experience. I really love creating experiences. I love sharing experiences with people. And starting a gift boutique at that time, I felt like it was something that would allow me to accomplish those objectives. I am somebody that loves gift giving and I love mm-hmm. like finding that super thoughtful gift. It's a little bit of a game for me or like yeah. a competition with myself. So I love that. I think that's so fun that you're able to find those pieces. Like what was it like you know, finding vendors or, you know, how did you curate your shop? Yeah. So I didn't have a background in retail at all. Like I, I didn't work in retail before starting the store. So I did a lot of Google research um, to figure out where to even start. And I, I started going to different trade shows. I think that was the easiest way because you could just meet a ton of vendors at one time. And when I first started the shop, I was curating it in a way that I really liked in terms of like, I love this and this and this. And I quickly found out that is the worst thing to do as a buyer for any (laughs) shop because you're not buying for yourself, right? You're buying for your customers. And I think that was one of the earliest lessons I learned um, was just really understanding who my customer was and what she or he, but mostly she wanted to buy. And, and, you know, that's also what's like made me now appreciate what I call user research so much or consumer research or whatever we want to call it if we're talking about stores, but really listening to your customers because that is the way to build successful businesses. What was a way that you found uh, to be the best to collect that kind of data? Sure. Um, At Curious, it was very much just conversation. So user interviews with, they they didn't know they were interviews, right? (laughs) But daily dialogues with customers in the store, that's like one major advantage to brick and mortar or like physical business space is that your customers are in front of you. You can talk to them every day. Um, That changes dramatically when you talk about running an online store or any type of tech-based business. But at that time, that's what I did. I just spent a lot of time asking questions and listening and then asking more questions. Can you talk a little bit more about what it was like starting that first business or brick and mortar? Um, Did you have entrepreneurial influences in your life or, you know, how did you decide that that was going to be your path? Yeah, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, And so it was very, I was very used to that. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom dabbled in entrepreneurship. Um, My grandparents were all entrepreneurs. So it was something that I grew up around. Um, So I didn't really even think about it as, you know, being an entrepreneur when I started it. Um, And 
I didn't have any mentors. That's probably another mistake I made. I was just so determined to do it that I was going to figure it out no matter what happened at that mm-hmm. point because I didn't know what else I was going to do. Um, but one of the greatest things that happened like from not go, from going to market to for buying, I also then met other retailers. And this was like, I mean, Curious has been open for about nine years now. So this is before like Facebook groups and all of those things even existed where it's easy to like connect or plug in with communities of people that are doing similar things. And so at those markets, I would meet other people that were retailers, small business owners in that space. And and then I would learn from them. So it was always about building a community of other people doing similar things that was able to help guide me. But getting it off the ground was just a lot of um, dig in and figure it out on my own. What are some of those lessons that you have learned as a shop owner or as an entrepreneur? Ooh lessons that I've learned. So many lessons to learn. Um, Like I said, the first one is always listening to your customer. Um, They know what they, they don't always know what they want, but they can give you clues to tell you what they want. Maybe they can't articulate it, but if you listen carefully. Um, The other thing is to constantly be evolving and changing. So um, I'm not one to stay stagnant. So just always finding new ways to evolve and grow the business was always really important to me. And then finding others in the same space to build a community around you for that support system. I think that is also one of the lessons in entrepreneurship um, that maybe a lot of people who aren't in it don't recognize, but it can be like incredibly lonely in some ways. Um, I would just say... Because you don't have that boss or somebody telling you what to do or supporting you in your decisions or anything like that. So finding that community is really, really important um, because it can be isolating. I don't know if you've experienced anything similar by running your own business. Absolutely. I mean, I think that was one of the hardest lessons for me to learn as an entrepreneur. Um, I mean similar to you starting a business in, in a kind of a, a new new place. Uh, I didn't have a network when I started my first business. So I had to figure out how to network, um, especially as an introvert, that was kind of a, a scary thing. But you know, people ask me, you know, what's your top marketing advice? And I'm like, relationship building. That's the number one thing for me, building relationships with your customers, with people in your community. Um, not only for your business, but like you said, you know, for you as a person to have those people that you can bounce ideas off of and commiserate with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we are going to take a real quick break and we'll get right back to chat more with Brianne. It's time to highlight our women-led business of the week, Checkable Medical. As a parent and a patient, Patty Post founded Checkable Medical to help families save time and reduce the cost of care through innovative at-home testing kits. From time in the car, to waiting rooms, to delayed appointments, giving up hours of time for a negative test result is exhausting. That's why Patty started Checkable, to help people make clinical, evidence-based decisions from the comfort of home. With accurate results, 
easy to administer tests, and an app connecting you to telemedicine and prescription providers, you can now test, diagnose, and get prescribed in a matter of minutes, not hours. They also recently launched a new line of supplements with clean ingredients to support total body health and functionality. Check out checkablemedical.com for more information and to find out when their at-home test kits will be available. You love what you do. Let Lady Boss Creative help you share that with the world. We're a women-led team who loves to see other women-owned and led businesses succeed and thrive. When you work with the Lady Boss Creative team, we'll combine your unique vision and goals with our creative strategy and marketing expertise to create a brand that resonates with your mission and audience. From logo design to website creation to jumpstarting your social media strategy, we're here to help you propel your brand forward. Visit ladybosscreative.com to get more information about how we can help your small business. Welcome back to the Lady Boss Podcast. So, Brienne, you have a new business that you started in 20, started in 2018, 2019? 2019. 2019. So tell me about tailoring. What is it and where did this idea come from? Yeah, so Tailory is a new mobile app that helps connect brands and consumers to recommendations that are tailored to them. So essentially where the idea started is there's there's it's a long story, but there's like three key pieces in it. And the first one was after relocating back to the Midwest, I wanted to find recommendations that were more in tune with who I was, not what the internet thought I was based on my geographical location and the data and cookies that were stored on my devices. Um, I felt like one of the differences from going from New York City back to the Midwest was just like the number of options presented to you is just far less, right? We just don't have the density of population or experiences here. And so I was spending so much time just looking for things in dead ends. And so I was like, there's got to be easier way to find recommendations from other people who like the same types of things I like without having to turn to like just a generic Google search. Mm-hmm. So that was number one. And then, or maybe, I don't know, these aren't ranked. That's the number <laughs> one today. Um, <laughs> number two was after owning Curious I realized like how difficult it was to reach audiences outside of um, our physical store space. And so what that just means is like, how do you advertise as a small business owner? How do you know where to put money, you know, into the right spaces? And then how do you make sure that it's getting a return for you? And, you know, I talked about it earlier, but like one of those lessons I learned was, I was buying originally for who I thought my customer was, you know, according to me, but not who my customer really was. And so I was like, there's also got to be a better way for small emerging businesses to really understand like who their customer is without operating on assumptions. Um, And then thirdly, I wanted a way to be able to find recommendations from my friends without always having to like 
well, I used to do this. I like call my grandma and be like, what was the name of that thing that you used again? Like I really <laughs> liked it. And so that's one of our features on Tailory. It, it allows you, it's a social platform. So you have friends on Tailory, you can follow brands on Tailory, but it's really based around the recommendations that those people have given. So for example, Laura, if I thought you and I were friends on Tailory, I could go to your profile and see everything that you recommended in different categories, all the way from like home and fashion to beauty, personal care, outdoors, I mean, and food and drink, whatever it might be. So it was just a really easy way to find recommendations from people I trusted. Um, one of the reasons that came out is when I was first pregnant with my daughter, I so badly wanted to start shopping for baby products, but I would like turn to Google and type in, you know, best baby products. And then what would come up was a bunch of blogs or advertisements or like really big brand name magazine publications. And I was like, but I really want to know like what these people that I know, but don't want to tell that I'm pregnant yet, what they recommended. So like, how can I get recommendations from real people that I can trust? And so those thoughts all combined together is kind of what created Tailory. I really love when like Instagram or Facebook will send me a targeted ad that uh -huh. I actually want. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, that's always so exciting. But, you know, to your point, like thinking of what the ads that you get sent based on, you know, whatever history where it's like, They'll, they'll send a, a shirt or an ad for a shirt that's like, you know, August baby or something. And uh -huh. it's like, I don't want to wear a shirt that says what month I was born in. Like, why would I know want everything? That? They know everything. You're an August baby. It's like, it's really, <laughs> that's but, the thing though. Ads like they can be super great. Like those targeted ones, like they definitely work. And I think they work like really well for like larger brands who truly understand their customers at like a granular data level and small and emerging brands just don't have the same type of access to that information. I mean, they do have the same type of access, but the cost is like prohibiting them from participating in it. And so I think it's created a incredibly unequal playing field. Um, in the ad space because these smaller emerging brands just aren't able to compete in terms of like dollars ad spend total. And so we really wanted to make it a more even playing field that would allow these brands to be able to be put in front of the right customers at not because of how much money they spend, but rather if their brand is truly a good match for that customer. And to your point too about, you know, being in the Midwest, especially, you know, where I live, the, the options for clothing, they are very slim. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can spend a whole day going from store to store and be like, I keep finding the same things or they don't have my size or mm -hmm. the quality is really not very good. And so you don't want to spend big money on crap quality. Mm -hmm. um, but it's always like, for me, I'm always wondering like, okay, where do people get clothes like get a really nice blazer or you know get higher quality items um so yeah i usually turn to online because i just don't have the variety where i live so i love right. that what you're doing is bringing that variety to people and 
making it so you don't have to sift through or just do like a basic Google search. Like uh, I want a pink blazer. <laughs> you know, right. it just like brings up all the different things that maybe aren't even, you know, just are whatever people are spending the most ad dollars on. Right. And then it's not even necessarily relevant. Like what you just said, you're like, I want to find like clothing that that will last. That it's like a luxury fabrication. And so if you type that in, you know, how do you then find reviews from other people who have those same preferences when they buy clothing? So that's what we do when we show you those recommendations. So we match you to other people who also like luxury fabrics and, and whatever it might be so that the recommendations that you're getting on Tailory are more tailored to who you are and what matters to you. Where do you want to go with this company, Brianne? What is your, you know, what are your dreams for the future? Well, right now we're focused on um, um, finding pro what we call product market fit on our consumer side of the platform. We hope to continue to grow this company all the way into an IPO one day. I mean, our vision for the future and what could be accomplished with the technology that we're building is quite grand. And, you know, right now I just, I feel like I'm just enjoying the journey one day at a time. What have been some of the, the challenges so far that you found diving into a tech-based startup? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> um, so again, like with, with the retail uh, startup that I started, I didn't have a background in it. Now I started in tech. I don't have a background in tech. And I think that for me in the early days, that was like something that prohibited me from growing faster, um, not growing faster, but moving faster along and like the product, product iteration and all of that, because there was so much I didn't know and there was so much I had to learn. And so I think that was one of the biggest hangups was just you don't know what you don't know until you are in a situation where not knowing it is apparent. And, and so that was one of the biggest challenges. After that, I think um, a tech company has a lot of different departments, right? So we have product, we have engineering, we have marketing. Um, I mean, then of course, there's like the normal business operations, sales, all these different divisions. And I was in the earlier days, overseeing the engineering team without an engineering background myself. And that was difficult just because it's hard to manage people that, um, or it's difficult to manage people that you can't provide great guidance to. So it, but it really taught me, like I had to learn to trust the people on my team to to know that they were making great decisions earlier on. And as a solo entrepreneur who had worked by myself for so long, that was a big adjustment for me because I was so used to doing all of the areas in my small business that when I moved to this business, I had to like transition how I, my work style and everything. And so those have been probably the two biggest challenges that I've that I face with starting a technology company. So on the flip side of that, what lights you up most about what you do? I love to learn. Like I love learning and I love solving problems. And this company allows me to do that 
every single day. There's a, like, it's constantly evolving and changing, which is very exciting. And that's what I love that lights me up is when there's new, there's new opportunities, you know, there's new problems, there's new, um, whatever, whatever it might be. I love that. The other thing that has been very amazing is that the brands that we are working with are so appreciative of this product that we're building because it takes their side into account when we're building out this new social platform. Um, and that's been a really rewarding because it, we've, we've known early on on the brand side that we're re- we're building something that brands like are so excited to have and and that gives you the motivation to keep building cuz um they're just when people are excited about what you're building it it keeps excitement up company wide awesome so something that we like to ask all of our guests is what do you think that women need right now oh good question I think that women need more champions. And what I mean by that is that sometimes it's really hard. I've experienced to be a woman, a woman to get invited to the right events, to be asked to sit at the right tables, to, to just be acknowledged and brought into those opportunities. And so having champions or people who support women and, you know, standing in and saying, Hey, this person should come to this event or this person inviting them. I I don't know if I'm explaining that well, maybe you, maybe, maybe you can jump in and help me out. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, even, even here where it feels like a little, you know, in the Midwest, things feel a little bit more small town, like everybody knows everybody kind of feel there's still not, you know, women aren't always invited to the table or invited to those um, gatherings or conversations, like you mentioned. Um, So there's a little bit more. It's like you have to prove yourself more, like push through a little bit more, um, market yourself more, even just to even just as a business owner to say, I'm here, here's what I'm doing. I'm legitimate. And I want to be part of this conversation or I want to be part of um, what's happening at the table. I want to be making decisions. Um, Yeah. That's definitely, definitely still a challenge. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, when I say events, it's not like parties or things like that. It's more so when ideas start, happening or floating around getting earlier input from like females when decisions are before decisions are made yeah having a like more diverse conversation in the early stages to help allow more women to be involved in the influential part of conversations um and I've seen that a lot as well, but it's something that I try to do too. So when I'm invited to something or if there's an opportunity coming up, trying to support and invite other women in the community that I know that are, you know, working on different issues to get them involved. And so, like you said too earlier, Laura, just about, you know, if you being an introverted person to network is difficult. And so, um, 
a lot of times I feel like it's a responsibility of, of leaders to, to not wait for others to approach them, but to go out and approach others and invite them in. And I think that would just op- open a lot more doors and opportunities. And it, it just, um, yeah, it would make things a little smoother. Absolutely. So are there, you know, we think about ways that we are trailblazers or many of us can be trailblazers and making things better for women who want to become business owners or are just getting started in that journey. Are there things that you wish that were available to you when you started? I think about that one a lot. And I think the things that were most helpful for me, especially in this journey of um, tech founder, was finding other tech founders who were going through the same thing that I could reach out to. And building that network was not easy, but it was something that I was able to do early on. And now there are great resources that actually do that. There's there's a resource called Alpha. Um, it's for females in tech. And it's just like this online community where they're sharing different advice. That That is really, really helpful. Um, but no, I can't think of anything else that would have been helpful. I mean, obviously, like access to... Um, other people who have done similar things. I, I, I think I'm going to just keep coming back to that, but um, that has been, because you need a sounding board. You need somebody who's, you know, to talk through it with. You can read as much as you want to, but until you really talk to other people who have done it, it just wasn't the same for me. And so that was helpful for me. What about you? I'm interested to hear like what, what, what you think. When I was first starting my business um, back in mid 2000s, I mean, like, like you talked about where there wasn't these Facebook groups and back then, like blogging was just kind of starting to be a thing. Um, There weren't these like entrepreneurship groups or anything like that. It was like, you just kind of had to figure it out on your own by trial and error. Mm -hmm. And um I wish that I would have had that network similar to you. It's just those people that understand what you're going through because being an entrepreneur can be so lonely. And especially when you're out there trying things and making those mistakes, um, you can feel like a failure when you're kind of stumbling in the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, trying to just figure that out. But to have someone that said, oh yeah, I did that too. Or Um, here's someone I can introduce you to, or, oh my gosh, have you met my accountant or, you know, those kinds of things that really make things smoother and, um, build up your confidence. Um, and just, you know, like, yeah, make things easier. I, I am not somebody that likes to have to learn all the lessons the hard way. (laughs) Like sometimes just like, help me out here. (laughs) Exactly. I agree. So our last question is our mailbag question. So we take questions that lady bosses submit, and then we both get to answer. So you get to go first, though, Brienne. Oh, okay. What are you reading right now? Ooh, right now I'm reading a book by Sean Ellis that's called Hacking Growth. And it's all about he, 
he's the mastermind between behind growth hacking and what that means. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. I'm always looking for different ways to grow our company um, exponentially and reading about it and just about like what his mindset was and how you can make it a, a process, like an iterative learning process. It's been really fascinating. And so I've been enjoying that one right now. How about you? I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's so good. One that I'm reading now is Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. And I really like that kind of mantra that, you know, there's there's answers to things or that you can you can figure things out. Um, you don't have to have all of the answers right away up front. But a book that I'm excited about that I actually just got in the mail yesterday, <laughs> a fiction book is called The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels. Oh. And it's, <laughs> the the summary is a prim and proper lady thief must save her aunt from a crazed pirate and his dangerously charming henchman in this fantastical historical romance. And as much as I like books that teach me, sometimes it's really nice to just have a ridiculous story to get lost in. <laughs> Uh, it is. I love that too. Cause you can just like turn off your brain. It brings you into a different world and living in that alternate reality fantasy land sometimes is a really nice break. Yes. And you can't, you can't do two things at once. You can't be scrolling your phone. Like you can, if you're watching TV or like, you know, fiddling with something else when you're in a book, you're just in the book. Yeah. I love to read for that reason. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Brianne. And for our listeners who want to connect with you or learn more about Taylory, where can they find you? Yes. So you can visit our website, taylory.com. And we're also on all the social channels, but we would love for you to go to the website and sign up for early access so you can give the app a check, like a look before it officially launches in the app store. Um, and thank you so much again, Laura, for having me. It's been great talking to you and I hope we can chat again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Brianne. Yeah. Have a good night. You too. This has been another episode of the Lady Boss Podcast. Thank you so much to our guest and all of you listening in. If you want to hear more, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Are you a Lady Boss? Find all of our events, resources, and ways to get connected at ladybossmidwest.com and join us on social at Lady Boss Midwest.